Karen Garrahy, and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter, from their first memories of laughter to feeling laughed at, to their no laughing matter moment in life. And like the tears were just like, I was messaging Vogue, I was like, you'll never guess. I was like, <laughs> Sending I'm, I'm, having this, yeah, I'm having this meltdown on the plane, but I was really happy about it. She's like, I'm so proud yeah, of you. Yeah. We are back and kicking off our ninth season of the podcast with a bang. You may know him as a star of Made in Chelsea. You may know him as an adventurer, an entrepreneur, or one half of Spencer and Vogue. Yes, Spencer Matthews is my first guest this season. We chatted about his first reality TV contract and his hilarious slash ludicrous demands, why his approach to parenting is so different from his dad's, and getting his quote-unquote slobbery mess first kiss on St. Barth's in the Caribbean, as you do. I'm delighted to tell you that this season of The Laughs of Your Life is once again sponsored by FNF Clothing, available at Tesco. This is their third season as The Laughs of Your Life show sponsor, The Loyalty. You'll love to see it. We can't thank them enough. Now, it's time, girls. It's knits, boots and legging season. I said only recently to Bay, ever since school and college are not in the picture, autumn is my favourite season. Yes, the colours and nature are fab, but what I'm really talking about is the shopping. Mm-hmm. The FNF Autumn Winter Staples this year are so gorgeous. I did an Instagram reel with some of them recently. Go and have a look if you can. And I'll share more as the season goes on. Perfect blend of style, comfort, and versatility. All great value too. FNF makes fashion sense. Available at Tesco. And now for my chat with Spencer Matthews. I hope you enjoy. Spencer Matthews. You are extremely welcome to the Laughs of Your Life podcast. Thank you very much. It's a, a great pleasure to be here in person with you. I know, it's great to have you. Talk to me about your show last night in the Olympia. Uh, I just loved it. Yeah. I mean, for somebody with a fragile ego who, you know, hates attention, it was it was just brilliant. I know, I always wonder that you're so cripplingly shy. I know, I know. No, I, I, it's, it's strange. I kind of like, I don't feel nervous before it. Yeah. I just love it. Like, I just really like it. So it's yeah. kind of like, it's really different to the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's the, the fact that we're touring it more. So we've got another one tonight and we're coming back to Ireland uh, next year to the Gaiety. Gaiety. The Gaiety. The Gaiety. Uh, <laughs> and we're all over the, the UK. It's going to be, um, I hope the UK, the, my one reservation about it is I hope that the UK crowd is as great as the Irish crowd. And I'm not only, I'm not saying that. You, well, doing, I mean, you can't... Uh- um, no, it's true yeah, though. Like, yeah, okay. They're 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 just um, <laughs> they're amazing. Like they're they're pretty. I mean, obviously the show is great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. They seem quite easy to please. It helps that they're loose. Yeah, they're loose. Yeah, I they saw are. on Instagram the shirt was ripped open. Yeah, I mean that that was actually not in the script. It just felt like felt right. Yeah, yeah. It just you know you just I had, have to go with it. I had well because we added a a kind of catwalk element to the show. Okay. Um, last night. And I said to the director, I was like, "Do I, do I take my shirt off?" Or yeah. and she was like, um, "If if you want to." And I was like, "Okay." So, and Vogue is just like, "Do it." Yeah, yeah, no. So so we did that. I, I was like, I was supposed to take it off kind of earlier, and I started without doing it because I was a bit, I was just a bit like, mm, like maybe this is a bit overkill. And then I did kind of, and then it did come off. Yeah, yeah. Of course. You fed off the audience. You knew they wanted it. You did it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm trying not to sound <laughs> like I knew that they wanted it, uh, but I did Just think it, I, thought it, I thought it might add to the joke, you know, <laughs> of the catwalk. Okay, so you're having a ball so far. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. And honestly, like, it's it's such a pleasure to to do it. We love it. And working together uh, with my wife is is fantastic. It, it really feels like we've, 
um, taking loads of the kind of best bits of the pod, uh, but but also throwing stuff in that we would probably ordinarily cut out of the podcast. Well, that's good. Because uh, it kind of, you say it and then it's gone. It's not on record almost. Totally. That's yeah. the great thing about the live element. Yeah. You just say it, that's it, it's done. No taking it back. You crack kind of jokes that, yeah, you wouldn't ordinarily be able to release. Yeah. Okay, shall we get down to our questions? Indeed. Well, well, whatever floats your boat, darling. Wonderful. Spencer Matthews, your first memory of laughter. The best part of being a kid, sorry, is that you find, you know, most things funny, I suppose. Um, I would have thought, although my mum's never admitted this, that I was probably a mistake. Um, <laughs> Bro, she, a surprise. Yeah, I mean, surprise mistake. Surprise is nicer. Similar, similar thing. <laughs> uh, you know, my, my mum was 42 when she had me and my brothers were kind of 13 years older than me. Um, so quite a big gap. So, you know, I was... Um, just like the center of attention in the family, because I was basically like the only kid because they were, you know, they I, I was played with a lot and just always center of attention. So I guess that um, I just remember times with my brothers. Like I remember laughing a lot as a kid. I had a really lovely childhood. <laughs> so, yeah. So I don't know. Like, I, f- I found everything funny as a kid. So day-to-day but, family life for you guys, right? You're day- obviously, you're the, you're the youngest. They're that bit older. Yeah. Say when you're like five. Yeah, yeah. Was it ever lonely because you were the youngest or did you have good pals or cousins or anything around? Um, I don't, like, do you feel lonely at that age? No, I had I had pals. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who they were. I had a friend <laughs> called, I had, I had a friend called Nicholas. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend called Matthew. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, you know, we had, we had Not pa- British at all. I had pals. Nicholas and Matthew. Yeah, yeah. No, we lived in, we lived in a little town called Cornton. Yes. Um, which even if you're English, you wouldn't know it. It's, okay, it's right. kind of near Newark, tiny town. Like you could, you can cycle around the whole of Cornton in like four minutes or something. It's like tiny, tiny, like, you know, I want to say there's like 50 houses or 60 houses. It was great. We'd, we'd, we would at a very young age, you'd feel quite safe there because there was just like, there's nothing really going on. Like yeah. the nearest town was quite, you know, far away. Um, and we had a lovely garden. Yeah, we'd play and we'd, we'd kind of play on quad bikes and all kinds of stuff. I had a, yeah, super childhood, as I say. Those were, I haven't thought about those two kids in ages. <laughs> yeah, That's Nicholas the beauty of the laughs of your life. I know, God, look at this, Do time traveling. I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a no, little so, time machine. Yeah, so we, no, so we used to like build dens and all kinds of stuff, you know, do whatever kids do. When I picture you as a kid, I think you probably might've been a troublemaker, but that could be wrong. That could have been a later in life thing. Yeah, I think, I think Vogue loves to say that I was like, a, a kind of troublesome kid. I don't think I'm, my my mum would defend me if I if I murdered someone. Just just so you know, like like, right. like she's just always on my side, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. regardless of what happens. So if you asked her, she'd say I was the perfect child. Of course. Although yeah. I'm not sure how accurate that would be. I think like it's fine to kind of push boundaries and and be a bit of a troublemaker as long as you're not like like I think the intent has to be playful. Yeah. Right. If it's, it's like, fun it's, rather than actual. Well, no, disruption is still kind of fun, but like, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think it's like, you know, even when you're at school, I think it's fine to be like naughty. Yeah. But just not like really naughty. A little dickhead. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're if you're a little prick, it's kind of like, <laughs> like you just have to get the levels right. It's yeah. quite attractive, I think, to be like mischievous. You know, you can't just be kind of white flag, white knight all the time. You know, you need, yeah. to, you need to have something bit murky about you yeah I like to think I was like that in school like I would always push the boundaries but I'd know when to stop yeah like I was never suspended or like okay. never expelled or, or anything like that okay you know like you hear of all these kids that just get like thrown out of loads of different schools like what, what are you getting up to 
Yeah, what could you possibly? What be? are you doing? Just like, just, just like, have a bit of fun. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't have loads of fun to get expelled. That's just like, or at least like, don't get caught. Okay, Spencer, <laughs> the first time you felt laughed at, can you recall? Yeah, I can actually. Uh, by the way, so when I read the brief to this, I, I was just like giggling the whole way in the cab. Oh it's, God! It's like, yeah, it's such a great concept because like you never think about this stuff. Thank you. Uh, and I was having a little, a little think to myself. So we, when I was. Uh, past the Quantum days, so we're about seven now. Right. I'm sure I was probably laughed at prior to being seven, but this is just a memory that I have. Um, I was at a different school. I spent some time in the Caribbean as a kid. Grew up, grew up in the French West Indies on a small island called St. Bart's, which is now kind of super glitzy, but it kind of wasn't back then. Really? Okay, I kind yeah, of always like, thought it was. No, there wasn't like the big kind of, you know, very, very, very expensive villas and the Russian kind of influence okay. and the, you know, big, larry, expensive hotels. It was all like very different. This is back in 1995, say. Right. So kind of, um, it was Quicksilver and, you know, Rusty instead of, you know, Bulgari and Cartier. Type right. Thing. And like the, the big high street and the huge yachts all came later. Okay. Um, so it was just, I mean, it's still very charming now, but it is quite different. Back then it was, um, yeah, just, just, it was just a, the Caribbean island, but mm. it was cool. Uh, and that's where I kind of grew up, I suppose. And uh, I went to school there in, in the capital called Gustavia. And uh, and we had like school photos one day. And I don't know why, but my mum put me in these like, like khaki trousers with this pink shirt that was like tucked in. So it basically said like, you know, look nice, you know, right. like, like, you know, like come in looking all right. But like <laughs> everyone wears like swimming trunks and t-shirts to this, to this place. Cause it's like boiling hot. And so I arrive in these like brown, like boat shoes and, and, and like, and like these khaki trousers and this pink shirt. And then I had this like red, like neck scarf, right. That she just like tied her, like, like, like something that a rapper might like tie around the head. Do you know what I mean? But I had it like, like on the neck. Yeah. Yeah. Like around my neck, just, just to like for that extra pajazz, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I remember turning up and like, it was almost like the kids looking at me just kind of, it was like in slow motion. They kind of like turn around. They were like, what the fuck has he come as? Like, like, and it was just like really embarrassing. And like, there were two, girls that I quite fancied even though like when I was like seven basically and I and, like they literally looked at me like I'd like just lost my mind and I can remember just being like really annoyed with my mum <laughs> basically how could she do but, this yeah I was just being like shot in the foot by my mum basically so the next scarf kind of came off like really quickly um and like undid like a couple of buttons and uh, yeah I just remember like all the boys just thinking I was just like the biggest loser ever basically and I was like right I won't be doing that again. <laughs> Nobody made any effort apart from right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so I felt laughed at. That that was a tough, tough day to shake off. Actually, how did that affect your reputation then going forward with the girls into I into mean, the kind of teenage years? Let's be honest. Not much was happening back then. Right, right. Know, yeah, yeah. It was it was more a kind of pipe <laughs> dream. I think. <laughs> uh, no, there there wasn't. There, there there was literally nothing going on. I was I was quite I was a late-ish bloomer. But kind of everything happened quite quickly thereafter. Right. Yeah, so, so it was kind of like I had my first kiss when I was like thirteen. Right. Oh, that's average enough. Is it? Yeah. And then I, think and I was then, twelve. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there you go. Right. Um, no. Mine. Mine was like on a beach, and it was 
like um it was a young puerto rican lady actually wow. called susanna yeah 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 no i remember it and like my three mates were there as well and they were kind of watching me which was a bit weird because uh, we'd all gone to the beach together and we like went and sat apart from them and yeah, yeah. shared this kind of what i can only imagine was like this slobbery kind of mess gross yeah yeah gross in- indeed it was gross well it was it was i liked it but you know who knows what she's up to um <laughs> and it was uh yeah it was great you know the stars were out and we we're on the beach it was all very well, quite romantic, I suppose. Lovely. Yeah. So, okay, so that's 13. Yeah. What takes you or when when do you up and move from there? Uh, when I, no, so that was, we'd come, I'd come, I was on holiday basically okay, back right. when I was 13. So I, I grew up there and left when I was about 10. Yes. Um, but it still holds a special place in my heart. We go every year, basically. Yeah. Um, and then went back to London uh, and started to live in London for the first time. Was that when tough? I was 10. Uh, no, I liked it. I liked it. I hated the, uh, hate's a strong word. Um, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the school that I ended up at. In London? Yeah. So like, I went to this tutorial college. Right. I think my parents kind of wanted me to go to like a really good secondary school. Um, but the education that I'd had in St. Bart's was kind of questionable. It was, um, I had learned in history that like America wouldn't exist if it wasn't for France and other things that don't makes sense i don't think um so i kind of ended up at this tutorial college that had like no sports no outdoor like areas at all we had like a 30 minute period where you could like stand outside the school and then go back and it's like tons of homework i wasn't the most studious kid right like i didn't love homework i wasn't very good at it i had to have a tutor outside of like school and everything um he was actually one of the teachers uh, okay. And we would hire him to like come to the house and like help me with stuff. Right. And he helped me cheat in one of my exams, actually. What? It was amazing. And I couldn't believe it. He was my geography teacher. And uh, he helped me cheat on my common entrance exam that got me into secondary school. So he basically like <laughs> circumvented the system and was like, if you learn these three images, it takes up like half the exam. Just learn it in huge amounts of detail. Learn all three of them. And, um, and there will be a question on this. And you'll have like half your exam aced and then just you need to handle the rest of it. And so I learned these three things. And then on the day, uh, I, I, I didn't know which one it was. And like the question was there and it was just like a really shitty question. And I was like, I don't know. Which, like, and he, he was walking around like the classroom and I was just like, I don't know. And he, and he, look, and he looked at me and he walked past and he just put two fingers on the table. No! Yeah, and I was like, it's the second one. It's like, yeah, yeah. He looked at me and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yes. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, we were paying him to be fair. So, <laughs> you know, if I we... if I'd failed the geography exam, it would have been shit, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Spencer. Mm. A moment when, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. I don't really understand that question. Okay, so. And I don't cry. Ever. Yeah, like, like, so, so I, I, I've got, I have a real problem with it. Like, I can't do it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> when was the last time you cried? Ages ago. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Was it a happiness cry or a sad cry? Probably sad. I don't really know. Really? Yeah, I can't do it. Like, like, what like, do you think that is? I, well... Oh, is this the empathy thing? Yeah, I think so. Talk to me about that. It might be. So, so Vogue loves to say that I've got no empathy. I don't think that's, like, fair. Like, if, if, if I walk past you drowning, I'd, I'd help you, right? So it's kind of like... But would you feel bad for me? Oh, I don't know. Like, see, that's, like, a diff- yeah, that's yeah. the difference. I don't know. I'd rescue you, though. Like, you know, you seem like, you know, you should live. You know, it's so, so you know, I'd, I'd fish you out. I think empathy is different to that. Oh, okay. Um, so... <laughs> So I, I, yeah, I don't really know. I think I think it's more with like little problems. Like, don't come to me with like a small problem. Right. I'm not your man for that. 
Like, if you've got a big problem, like, give me a call, maybe. Okay. But, like, if you're kind of like, oh, you know, like, I just can't get, like, I wish I could sleep for eight hours. Just, like, go to fucking bed eight hours before you need to wake up. <laughs> like, like, you know, that that's kind of, that's how you do that. You wow. know? So I just, I, you know, there's that. And then just kind of life, work, balance. I feel like a lot of people carry a lot of stress and anxiety in just, like, everyday life. Yeah. And I don't really, like, I find that, I, I, I don't know, I kind of find it annoying. Do you think that's why you and Vogue make such a good match? Because she kind of strikes me as a bit similar. She doesn't seem to... Sorry, I don't know her. She's like, totally. more empathetic than me. She definitely, uh, yeah. I'd say she's more, definitely more empathetic, <laughs> but you seem like a couple. This is just from what people can see, obviously. I'm sure it's different behind closed doors. But yeah. the kind of couple, you don't overthink things too much. You just keep going and you keep moving and you take opportunities and you go with it and you have your family time. Would that be right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we... We're both pretty busy and yeah. we, we just try and stay on track and kind of support each other. And, yeah. you know, we, we I think we're, I, I think obviously I would say that we're a great couple, but, you know, I, I do think um, I, I'm very thankful for the relationship that I have yeah. with her. I couldn't be much happier with our marriage. Yeah, um, it's so sickening. It's sickening. To, it is to a look bit. at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also the so so the empathy thing. So describe <laughs> empathy to me because because like I, I don't really understand the difference between sympathy and empathy i have sympathy in this in the correct like situation should we look up the actual official difference yeah. i don't know what it is maybe producer paddy would look it up for us uh, the ability to understand and share the feelings of others that's the thing to share so, the feelings you see yeah yeah no, like so if you're feeling something how am i expected to know well if you've been through it yeah but so what, if you've lost someone and i yeah. lose someone yeah so, i don't know okay. feelings of grief say yes so and if i try to talk to you about that how do you get through that you, and if you empathize, it means yeah. that you feel think, it for I think, me. I think, I think it kind of very much depends on the person. Like maybe okay. this is like a too honest thing, but like if I care about you, then I'll probably empathize with like certain situations. But like if I don't like know you or something, I don't really understand why you should... You, you should care. Yeah. I don't that's know. Got, no, sorry, I don't, that's actually refreshing. Well, look, I, I, it probably makes you sound like an asshole, but I'm just no. trying to be honest. I just kind of... I just don't really like... I don't know. I, fi- I find anyway. I, th- I think we've we've got bogged down in the empathy. Maybe thing. I, I, th- I think <laughs> that like recently I've been learning about fasting, okay. right? And like it's actually really interesting. If well, I find it very interesting. Like if you, uh, I was recently away filming a TV show, yeah, uh, and I was away for two weeks, and to show support uh, for um, a particular religious belief, which was which was Jainism. Um, I did a I did a 24 hour fast over the following day. So I had a meal and I only ate again after 24 hours. Right. Um, and then I kind of really loved that day, so I kind of did it again and again and again. And I ended up doing like eight days of, of this, not all 24 hours because it became quite difficult yeah. to film and do that. Um, but I felt like that made me more in tune with my empathy because you start to like you start to ponder um, about things that in your daily life you might not ordinarily think about like kind of people who don't have access to food and and like people who can't eat whenever they feel like it and like things that you take for granted like water and food and kind of like that being in that state of hunger for an extended period of time was really interesting to me Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of and I and I love doing it I'm still doing it and it's kind of that's made me feel kind of more empathetic towards people that I wouldn't know I suppose yes but ordinarily I'm yeah I've just I don't know I, I I kind of I'm not the best person to come to with an issue 
Because I'm just like, if you can fix it yourself, just fix it. Just fuck off. Yeah, just just handle it. <laughs> like, get on with it. You know, just like, just I like, like you should fix this issue by doing this, that, and that. So just go and do it. Go and do it. Yeah. And see you when you have it done. Yeah. And then, you know, stop talking about it. I like that attitude. Right. Okay. You're honest. <laughs> okay. Spencer. Yes, mate. Your no laughing matter moment in life, a time where there was no room for laughter. Um, my brother passed away when I was 10. He was the youngest Brit to climb Mount Everest uh, and we lost him on his descent, um, which of course was not very funny for our family. Um, I remember, and I think that the kind of lack of empathy not to dwell on it kind of can come from this, like experiencing something like that at a young age and almost feeling uh, uncertain of how to navigate it made that issue seem much bigger than the majority of issues that you face in life. Um, so nothing has ever been kind of as big or important as that, that I've had to navigate. So, you know, by definition, they're lesser issues. So if I was able to handle the loss of my brother, then I should be able to handle pretty much anything else because it's quite um, it's quite a potent thing to happen to, to any family. I mean, you know, you know, lots of people listening to this will have lost... Uh, parents or you know possibly even you know siblings but it's it's not it's not the easiest thing to navigate like in our family I had a wonderful upbringing um, and I've always felt very loved by my family but weakness was quite was discouraged uh, when I was young so crying to you know what was perceived by my very northern father to be weak and as a result of that I wouldn't I would try my best not to ever cry in front of him or my family. So I'd fall off my bike and really hurt myself. And if I would cry, my dad would say, you know, like, crying's not going to help you. Like, why are you crying? You know, like, and so like, I just, I, I began to uh, never cry from, from a young age, um, which is something that I wouldn't encourage any, not that, not that it's been a big problem for me, but like, you yeah. know, when my kids cry, I have three kids now, um, or, or feel emotion. I think it's a great thing to have uh, feeling, and I don't think that crying or showing vulnerability is is weak at all, right? And I, I think in any situation, uh, you know, crying might not help, but you know, I think if kids want to cry, they should cry. You know, or if adults want to cry, they should cry. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was. Um, I wasn't certain how to handle Mike's death, even around the crying and weakness thing. So I wasn't sure if it was acceptable to kind of uh, be miserable and express um, pain because even through that, my family were quite like, they were clearly torn apart by it, but they weren't visibly weak, if you know what I mean. And it was kind of like, it was quite confusing for me as a kid because I kind of felt like I was... You were feeling all the pain and their pain, but... Yeah, but I kind of wasn't sure if... Like obviously, if I'd been crying, it would have been fine. Yeah. But I kind of, like, as a kid, I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe I should just be really strong through this. And maybe, and so, so that kind of answers the kind of crying question. I just, like, nothing, I've just, I've just, I just don't really cry. Like, if I watch an incredible film and there's something really sad in it, like, I might tear up. Okay. Like, but I'm, I mean, like, in my own life, like, nothing ever becomes so much that I cry. But having said that, uh, I remember the last time I cried. Oh, yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Um, I had a wild, like emotional uh, breakthrough, I called it, on the flight home 
from the Jungle Ultra that I did. I did this big um, race recently. Yeah. And it was just the most physically grueling. I can't, like, it's it's impossible to describe how battered I was by from this thing. And it was just like, you completely give yourself to the race. I ended up doing quite well. But like you inexplicably could kind of get through it. Like all signs were pointing to like not finishing this thing. And I ended up doing it. I like to think my brother plays a part in, in helping me. And recently on this TV show, learned a lot about something called thin space that we could go on to, but I'm conscious that you have other questions. <laughs> um, and, and on the plane on the way home, I just wailed crying for like 40 minutes and I couldn't stop it. It was crazy it's like it's like the years of not crying was it cathartic did it feel oh yeah it was awesome it was like it was it it was so embarrassing but it was awesome (laughs) because it was like it's not i wasn't embarrassed that i was crying i was just screaming like i was like wailing yeah wailing it was like the last i I put my duvet (laughs) were you in economy yeah no (laughs) (laughs) no no i no i listen i i I actually i fly economy all the time but i i did i did treat myself to a business class flight because i was aware that I you was going to be in, yeah, I was going to be in uh, huge amounts of physical pain. Like walking was was quite a big problem, like yeah. getting to the plane. Uh, my feet, I had a stress fracture in my left left foot. I had like cuts and bruises. Like it was, it was, it was just incredibly full on. So I did think I'll uh, I'll bite the bullet and sort myself out with a nice business class flight. Thank God, by the way, because I had a barrier between me and the person to my right. And like I kept like kind of like peering around the barrier just to check that like the guy wasn't like you know worried as to why this woman was kind of screaming next to. Her. <laughs> Um, but no, it was incredibly full on. Like it was 40 and it was before the plane took off as well. So it's kind of like, there was no, there was no like engine noise to mask the noise. Yeah. It was like, Aah! and, uh, yeah, it was, it was so weird. And like the tears were just like, I was messaging Vogue. I was like, you'll never guess. I was like, I'm, Sending I'm, having this, yeah, I'm having this meltdown on the plane. I was really happy about it. She's like, I'm so proud yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah, no, She was like, oh, I bet it feels really good. I was like, it does. It's so good. Oh God. Um, yeah. So there was that. But that's like all my crying done now for like the rest of time. Right, right so okay. Not, yeah, so it's not going to happen again, Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Spencer, the person that you always laugh with, who is that? Um, not to be boring, but I, I have a great time with my wife. Ah, yeah. like we, we enjoy each other's company, I, I think. And obviously we work together on a comedy show. So we're kind of constantly trying to make each other laugh. Joanne McNally is, is incredibly funny and we always have a a great laugh as well. Um, I, I have kind of very few good friends, you know, like obviously I know quite a lot of people because we're out and about, you know, a lot and working all the time. So you have like lots of acquaintances who I love. Yeah. Um, but like I probably have, I can, I can count my great friends on one hand probably and all of them have, you know, fantastic sense of humour. Yeah. Like I, th- I think that laughter is incredibly important. Um, Do you think you would have ended up that way anyway or did fame play a part in that um i think i would have ended up this way anyway really yeah um i think the whole fame thing is very strange um and people's perception of it is weird as well like i don't don't, why do you say that well i don't know i kind of like i used to i used to really want to be famous when i was younger like like, i always wanted to be like public facing or an actor or a presenter or something right i always wanted to be um, in the public eye. Yeah, always very happy with the idea of people judging me almost. I just uh, never cared, right, about what people think really. Uh, and I think when when your priorities start to shift a bit and you have kids and you become a bit less 
self-absorbed and kind of like you know channeling more energy into them and their development and and stuff and and you know i think you grow up and you naturally become maybe you know more serious as, as time goes on um just my idea of like fame is kind of completely useless like unless you use it right and it's kind of yeah. like if you use it as a tool to make money or sell stuff then great but like just being famous for the sake of it is is almost uh which is a bit crazy like like you know you get people that do kind of these very very popular shows and then they become incredibly famous incredibly quickly um like nothing really changes apart from you know people say hi to you in the street i suppose but like unless you can use it you know it's it's kind of and it's just it, it feels less important like to me it's no longer really a pillar of success yeah like you know like the, 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 it's 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 not really relevant do you think there was ever a point that you may not have used it as in like say for example when you were at peak fame with Maiden Chelsea was there a chance that you could have just gone ah oh, fuck it, yeah well, let's just ride on this for a while or were you always driven enough to go let's use this now and go another direction I only ever did Maiden Chelsea as a, as a stepping stone yeah I had no idea that it would like amass the kind of fame that it did or last it's still going yeah, like, 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 I couldn't name the cast or anything, but it's like, it's still, it's still going, yeah. right? And it's like, we want a BAFTA. Like, yeah. a BAFTA is a, is a, is a <laughs> really serious thing to win. It's unbelievable. I was told, right? Oh, like, if we win, will you, will you make the speech? And I was like, yeah, sure, mate. And I just got hammered instead. Like, do you know what I mean? Didn't write anything. And then we won. I'm like, like Holly Willoughby was on stage. She was like, made in Chelsea. And I was like, what? Like, like I literally, like, it was the weirdest thing that's like ever happened. Like, there was no, and I know everyone goes, oh, I really wasn't expecting to win. Like. I wasn't even not expecting to win. It was an impossibility, right? Like being nominated was a joke, like to me. Um, and then it won. And I guess it was like just immensely popular. Like I've never, to be honest, I've never loved the product itself. Like I think it's over-dramatized and like it, it wouldn't be my kind of TV. Yeah. Like I don't watch reality television, which is ridiculous because I've done so much of it. But, <laughs> but, like, but like you wouldn't ever catch me watching... The Kardashians or Maiden yeah. Chelsea or Towie. I've never seen any of it, you know? I've been subjected to like a few episodes of The Kardashians because Vogue loves it. But yeah. Like, and I really respect them as a family. Yes. Um, but like, yeah, a lot of this reality TV is just like being famous for the sake of being famous. Loads of them don't even get paid properly. It's kind of like... it's, really? just, it's just like It's just kind of like, like, I don't really... If you're providing a service and you're working, yeah. like, like sometimes really long, like you need to be paid for it properly. Absolutely. You're 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 a character. It used to cost us money to do like Made in Chelsea. Basically, we were paid fifty quid a day for the first season. And 50... How many days of filming? Oh, you'd film five, six days a week, Stop. and they, and they'd have you for like eight hours, like twelve hours at a time, and like they so you were puppets basically. Yeah, but it, yeah, well, exactly, and it was kind of like you know you do it for the potential reach right and like you know the the stepping stone thing but like yeah i mean by the time i'd got to and from filming it was costing me money like, yeah. like do you know what i mean so it's kind oh of my like god no i know yeah yeah it was really it was it, obviously you know that that didn't you know we were in a better position to negotiate for the later of series course. obviously but but yeah no it started off as kind of like i had all these ludicrous demands because 
I'd pitched a similar show like a year before, something called Big Smoke, right. uh, which was never made. We made a pilot and it was obviously shit. We never heard from them again. Um, and it was basically like it was the hills, but over in London. And there was a few of us from Made in Chelsea. that. So I'd brought this to the table, basically. And then when I got called to Made in Chelsea, um, they were like, oh, you know, we heard that you made this pilot. Do you want to come chat to us about this? And I basically went in thinking like, okay, well, yeah, I'll do it. But like, I want kind of this, that, that, and that. And they were just like, you'll get 50 quid a day. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let, still do it. Let, yeah, yeah, I'll still do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was, no, it was a good time. And look, the first like series or two was great and I loved it. Yeah. And it was like really exciting and new and interesting. Cause like TV like that in the UK didn't, didn't really exist. TOWIE didn't exist, you know, like, and Maiden Chelsea and TOWIE kind of rose at the exact same time. Yeah. Pretty strange actually that they were both successful. Like, yeah, but, true. But, but anyway, um, very different characters. Yes. Um, and yeah, no, so, so those those times were great. It's only kind of when, you know, you started being dramatic for the sake of being dramatic and, you know, you're Did expected you get- to be bent out of shape because you yes. weren't invited to Binky's boat party. It's like, oh, I, just, <laughs> I just don't, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? like, Did you get sick of being the villain at, at a certain point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that was, you know, I, obviously my behavior at times on the show, you, you look back at it now as a father and you kind of think, oh, you know, I wish I hadn't done that, but... Like the show's commodity is drama. Like that's what you are making to sell. Yeah. If the show isn't dramatic, it will be cancelled, right? Yeah. And at the time, we loved it. So it's kind of like, okay, like who's going to bring the, you know? And so, so I kind of knew that it was on me to be a certain way to in the, in the hope of you know keeping people interested in storylines. So. I don't know. I'm not saying it's like fake, but no. it, it certainly didn't feel real to but me. But also when you're standing around in freezing cold London, there's still two hours to film yeah. and you know you need to deliver some yeah, sort yeah. of dramatic line. You're just going to yeah. say it. Yeah, just just do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you you would say things just to just Yeah, to get rap. it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not going to let me go until I say, okay, so let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's an arsehole. I was like, I had to say it, but okay, we're all good. <laughs> okay, Spencer, a time where you feel like you had the last laugh. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'd say you have a lot of them. Well, I don't know about that. Like that's a, that's a, that's a difficult one, I suppose. Um, there um, is there is a last laugh in, I suppose, you know, around that time where you were seen as a villain and the reality TV prick at times. Yes, well, there we go. Yeah. And look at you now, like yeah, happily I, married with genuinely the love of your life and three gorgeous kids. Yes, well, the the kids are are, are everything, I, and yeah, I, I suppose so. I mean, I I think about like those times so infrequently, but they yeah. do always come up whenever I'm being interviewed. Yeah, and it's kind of like it, life just feels it's it's like a different dimension. All that in Chelsea stuff. Yeah. it's like it's you know I think I left the show. Is it ten years ago? Like I, I don't even know, but yeah. it's 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 a long time ago, and it just feels. Um, I've always been a, a, a big fan of just general kind of growth, yes. right? Like I, I, lo- I love looking at people kind of growing and evolving. And actually, it's why I struggle with the like best friends forever thing. Like, 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 like Vogue, which I love, has like friends from when she was kind of five. Yeah. Like you'll know from interviewing me that I don't know where Matthew and Nicholas are, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're doing incredible things, but I don't know them anymore. And that's not because like I'm better than them. It's no. just like I, I, I go through life kind of a bit differently to her. And I've, I, never, I never had that, you know, 20 years in one place thing. Yes. Right? I, I've always kind of like moved around as a kid a bit. Um, but I think that people go through life at different... 
like velocities and like you know i've got cases where i was you know my best best friend when i was like 18 like i still know them but it's kind of like we're different now yeah you know and it's kind of like you know it might be that you know they've grown more than me or i've grown more than them or whatever and it's kind of like you're no longer you know everything that used to entertain you and like keep you bound together is yeah. not relevant anymore and so you're not as close right and it's yeah. kind of there's a lot of that in my life okay you know and it, and it's kind of like i just think it's uh my friends kind of you know my, my as i said my my four or five like best mates are always there like yeah. the rest kind of come and go they're your reliables that's it indeed okay spencer if laughter wasn't the best medicine what would be exercise okay tell us about that I just think it's really important to be uh, to be active and to be outside if you can be. Just, you know, I know, like, I've been, um, like, a very, very big drinker in the past. And, like, my laziness would just be wild when I would drink loads because I would just, I wouldn't want to get up and do anything. And I just think, like, for one's physical and mental well-being, exercising and just being, even if it's just a walk in the park, by the way, I don't mean, like, you know, go jungle, do an Ironman. What's man. it called? Jungle? The, the Jungle Ultra. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, the Jungle Ultra is... What exactly is that? Mad. It's 250 kilometers through the Amazon rainforest. Uh, and it's a foot race, a self-sufficient foot race. So you're carrying all of your food, your hammock, your sleeping bag, all your bits and bobs on you at all times. It's about like nine kilos worth of kit. Um and and yeah, it's it's a five day stage race, but there's like shitloads of altitude and just like everything wants to kill you, basically. Like, How like is the, it jung- even the jungle's alive, right? And it's just like <laughs> there's so much, like there's so much shocking shit that you see along the way. Like what? Oh, just like we pulled up one night and we put our hammocks up and there were just like these rabid dogs everywhere and we couldn't sleep because these fucking things were just like out of control uh, and incredibly noisy. Uh, there are just like huge spiders everywhere like by everywhere i mean like you struggle not to stand on them there are so many of them yeah yeah um we spent like seven hours in the actual river itself like getting down the river uh massive mountains like really really slippery it's raining so like people are just like falling over the whole time like i can't actually believe that like nobody broke their leg or their arm um but it's uh it's just it's just it was just it was pretty full on I had like a basically a stress fracture in my left ankle, so you shouldn't be putting any weight on it. And I had like three days left. Oh my god! And like the last day is 80, 80 kilometers, eight zero, um, and I was mostly on paracetamol, and it worked. How did you do that without just crumbling? Is this the thin space thing you were talking about? Yeah. So thin space is is um, if you believe in souls or the afterlife or anything like that so thin space is whenever you when you witness something incredibly beautiful and it's said to be the thin space between um earth and heaven or earth and nirvana so it might be like a beautiful sunset or like the sun setting into the horizon on the sea or some is thin space it's kind of spiritual right right that that's what that refers to um but it can also i feel like I'm in thin space when you're so depleted that you have, you know, no energy left and you're having to kind of dig incredibly deep just to carry on. Um, I feel that that space is quite thin because you kind of, you feel almost kind of like close to death almost. Right. Um, And that's when I feel, sorry, it's quite deep now. That's when I feel closest to my brother 
like when I'm out of water, out of food for the day, like 30 kilometers left to go, like, and I'm kind of just like, I have zero energy. That's when I can kind of communicate with him the most and kind of feel helped by him the most. Um, and I always feel like he is with me in those races. So like I've done three of them now and it's kind of like, people say like, why do you keep doing them? Because like every single time I get to the end, I'm like, I'm never fucking doing that. Yeah. Like, like, like literally, literally it's just like, I will never do one of these again. And like, I've done one every year for the last three years. And I think it's because I, I feel like he's with me, like in the really tough times, like he's kind of there with me. Um, and I, and I, and I guess I love that feeling. Okay. Are you ready for your quick fire round, Spencer? Is it quick fire already? It is. Fantastic. All right. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Great. Okay, Spencer, okay. the actor that you always laugh at. Uh, Zach Galifianakis. Great I find answer. him very funny. Great answer. I do like him. Yeah. Yeah. The actress you always laugh at. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Really? Yeah. Well, she's a great actress and she's very... Uh, also, um, uh, Aubrey Plaza. Very funny. I don't know who that is. Aubrey Plaza is in... Her role in uh, the White Lotus Series 2 I is, I is not... I haven't watched White Lotus yet. Oh, you're going to love it. Okay, okay. You haven't seen Series 1 either? No. Oh, it's great. Okay, okay. Oh, White yeah, Lotus. yeah. you got it. White, White Lotus 2 in particular is fantastic. Okay, okay. It's not like... It's not the funniest thing, but it's it's very good. There are funny moments in it. Oh, my God, by the way. So, do you like TV? Yeah. I, I don't have okay. a whole lot of time, but when I do, yeah, I do love it. Uh, you have to watch <laughs> a series that's currently on Netflix called Dear Child. Right. It's balmy. What, funny? No, bonkers. No, oh, no, bonkers. no, it's amazing. Like a woman's abducted and it's like she has kids. That's not, fun. there's no, nothing funny about this. Oh, so we're laughing no, now. No, 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 no. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's hilarious, obviously. Uh, no, no, no. So it's not, it's not funny. It's just like, yeah. it's incredible. Like, it's just very good. Okay, okay. Very good. Right. Fun- back onto funny though. Yeah. Aubrey Plaza uh, is very funny. Okay. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta check her out. Will do. The movie you always laugh at, Spencer. Um, I love a little English indie film from ages ago called With Nell and I. It's very funny. Okay. Like, I think it's not everyone's cup of tea, uh, but it's certainly mine. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's incredibly amusing uh, and it details the, the rather kind of useless journey of two alcoholics who... The whole film is based around them leaving their apartment in London and spending a weekend in the country. Right. And that's it. Nothing else happens. But it's 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 alarmingly funny. Okay. Like it's Richard E. Grant. Do you know who he is? Yeah. He's phenomenal. It's, yeah. It was his first kind of proper acting role. And like I'm pretty sure one of the Beatles like was was involved in in making it directly. Like it's 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 incredibly good. Vogue hates it. Um, <laughs> Why? Well, because she thinks nothing happens in it. But but like but like, and I guess nothing does happen in it. But it's like, but it's it's just it would be an incredible stage show. Okay. And if it was ever made into a stage show, I'd like to throw my hat in the ring to play with Noel because yeah, I would just I would just love it. Like, I, if anyone's listening, <laughs> who, who thinks they can make this happen? Watch with Nell and I, and if you find it amusing, it's like a it's it's a proper. British cult classic film. Okay. But it's like anyone past a certain age in England will have seen it. Um, and I'd say that most people like would, would have a special place in their heart for it. It's, it's, it's great. Watch okay. it. You've massively sold it. Yeah, it's good. Okay. The comedian you always laugh at. 
I love Ricky Gervais. Yeah. I just like, I can't, I can't, I can't not love him. I don't care how outrageous he goes. <laughs> like, honestly, like, um, kind of woke attacks on comedy really bother me. I'm not like, I'm not a comedian, so it doesn't really matter. Although there is a stand-up element to our show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and I just think like a joke's a joke. Like, like obviously everything that comes out of a comedian's mouth is, is kind of designed to hopefully entertain you. If it doesn't entertain you, I don't think it should insult you. Yes. Okay. Like, I just think it's kind of like, I think if you're going to watch comedy and you're, and you're being insulted by, you feel insulted or attacked by the material, it's, it's designed to be funny. Like, it's a joke. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot, you know, I, I've just spent two weeks with two professional comedians who both feel... Uh, like you know, the things they say have to be. You have to be careful now about certain things. I just, mm-hmm. I think, obviously, don't take to the stage and be like outrageously racist. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, But like, I just think that certain topics are probably fine. That like aren't fine. Um, I just think it's a bit of a shame. Like Ricky Gervais obviously ignores all of it because he's too big. For, for, yeah, so does Jimmy Carr. You yeah. know, I, I, so the two of them, I, I love. Bill Burr is obviously great in the states. And finally, Spencer, your best or worst joke. Ah. <sighs> Um, uh, I put a bet on a horse uh, to come in at 10 to 1 uh, and it did but regrettably the other horses came in at 12.30 I know Well, you said best or worst I I personally think that ticks both I think it's I think it's actually Quite good. I expected better. Uh, I expected yeah. you better. You wanted better than that? <laughs> I did. Okay, we'll have to Google knock knock jokes. I'll just then. have to go to the Olympia. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'll have to buy a ticket and come <laughs> see us tonight. Spencer Matthews, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing the last of your life. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Laughs of Your Life with Spencer Matthews. As you heard Spencer mention, he and Vogue are taking Spencer and Vogue live on tour next March with shows in Cork, Belfast and Dublin and you can buy tickets now at ticketmaster.ie. I really hope you enjoy today's show. It's always so great to be back with the brand new season. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate and review. It really helps the show if you do. This podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios and this season of The Laughs of Your Life is brought to you by FNF Clothing at Tesco. Thank you.